Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Well, the news is all bad, okay? So uh, let's just uh, leave it at that and talk about uh, holiday recipes. Anybody got a good recipe for a cake? I'm telling you. You know, I, I looked at the news this morning and I said, um, maybe it's time to break out my air fryer keto cookbook because I just can't. I can't handle it. I get, Liz Cheney is going to run as a third-party candidate because, as she says, democracy is at risk for real? You got to be, well, they are. They're all nuttier than fruitcakes. And we're supposed to take them seriously and we're supposed to entrust them with running our government. And now the Pentagon has declared, right? First of all, why would you even make this statement? The whole world gets to read it. It's not just like the only people reading it are MAGA extremists, which is what they seem to be obsessed with. But a new Department of Defense report says dozens of soldiers were suspected of advocating or supporting the overthrow of the U.S. government. 183 instances of extremism in military ranks, according to this report, including 78 cases of troops advocating for, engaging in, or supporting the overthrow of the U.S. government or seeking to alter the form of the government by unconstitutional or other unlawful means. So the U.S. military wants the whole world to know that they have an extremism problem. People with extreme political ideologies, including white supremacists, but not exclusively white supremacists. They're just crazy. They're crazy to release a report like this, which I don't understand. Neo-Nazis have infiltrated the military? Does Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin think this is, uh, you know, a good PR piece? I'm just so confused. This is, this is why people don't want to join the military. Not because they're afraid of violent extremists, but because they have a military that doesn't support them and accuses them of everything, including trying to overthrow the government. The DOD Inspector General called the annual report to Congress pursuant to uh, the fiscal year 2021 NDAA, Section 545. Basically what that is, it's a crazy, don't know what you're talking about name for a very serious topic. The Congress has asked 
that you tell us how you're handling problem areas. Now, just in case you think that what we're talking about is white supremacists and extremists, neo-Nazis and criminal gang activity, no, no, no. That's not what they're talking about, although that's the only part they're going to tell you about. What are actually included in this report, or should be included, I don't know if they were or not because they're focusing on this extremist uh, dribble, they're supposed to be examining sexual assault, diversity, and inclusion. Oh, here we go again. Extremism across all branches. So now they cannot get people to join the military. So they thought the best thing they could do is accuse people who do join the military of advocating, engaging in, or supporting terrorism within the United States or abroad. Can you imagine? Who thought this was a good idea? To accuse people who are in the military of advocating, engaging in, or supporting terrorism within the United States, trying to overthrow the government. I know that would make me sign up. <laughs> A 2020 Military Times poll survey of 1,600 active duty subscribers found that a third of them had witnessed signs of white nationalism or racism among their fellow troops. The IG report helps put concrete numbers to what's going on in the ranks. The Department of the Army stated that several independent databases collect information on Army prohibited activities once in a... Let me just end this right now with, with this. Today, eight troops were lost over Japan. Eight members of the United States military were tragically lost in a crash off the coast of Japan. And the news headline today is not about the search and rescue effort for these people. You know, uh, right now the Japanese Coast Guard is pretty much in charge of this. But there are eight American families right now mourning the loss of their loved one and our media, and actually our Department of Defense, I laid this at the foot of Lloyd Austin, they're talking about extremism, not about the incredible valor of the men and women who serve peacetime, wartime, anytime, you lose your life right off the coast of Japan, not even engaged in any kind of war. And the headline is there's white supremacy rampant in the United States military. But, you know, this is the same media that tells me that the biggest problem confronting college campuses right now is Islamophobia, along with a little anti-Semitism. Now, maybe somebody out there has seen something that I haven't seen, but it looks to me as though anti-Semitism is probably the biggest problem of any kind of hatred on college campuses or in the streets of America today. Everybody's going after the Jews. Everybody's going after Israel. But the 
the powers that be in government want you to believe and want me to believe that once again, it's white people, white supremacists, nationalists, they're the problem. They're in our military, they're in our college campuses, they're in our jobs. They're, you know the only place they are? They're in the government. They're in the government. This government that has offices and departments devoted to try and make the case that America is a bunch of racist white people trying to destroy America. And, and they're doing a damn good job of that. They really are. They've driven people out of the military because if you're white and you join the military, you can fully expect now that you will be watched like a, a hawk because maybe, just maybe, you're one of those neo-Nazis, one of those white supremacists. Why would, why would anybody put their life on the line day after day to be serving in a military that's obsessed with creating confusion about what the real policy problems are in the military, what the real risk is in the military. Trust me, it's not white supremacists. It's bad guys trying to kill the people who serve. Instead, we have all this nonsense. Identify, mitigate, reporting, making people, you know, tell one another, tell on one another. The American military's problem with extremists. No wonder recruitment across most branches is down. I can tell you one of the main reasons is because people don't want to, you know, be part of an agency or part of a, a military that is constantly under the microscope and accused of being bad, bad people. I mean, you, you're trying to recruit more women. Maybe the way to do that is not by telling them that there's a lot of Nazis in there. You know, white men who look down on women, who look down on Jews, who look down on blacks. Maybe it's not a good idea for recruitment numbers to keep telling the American people that that's all there is in the military. I'm just sick to my stomach when I see this stuff. And then I want to you know, air fryer recipes. Because at least uh, there, I, I feel like I have a little more control over what goes in and what comes out. I'm just, I'm sick. I'm so sick of the way the our own government continuously points at us and says, we're the problem. They never, ever consider that they're the problem. They don't consider the fact that when you tell people to expect bad things because of the color of their skin, or you expect them to be bad people because of the color of their skin, you create a lot of uh, nervous, frustrated victims and oppressors. That's all. You don't solve anything. You don't change hearts. You just create a dynamic of disgust. And then you ask them, uh, but could you sign on the line here so that you know we can send you into battle and you could possibly die for this country that is full of white supremacists and this very military that's full of white supremacists. Now we're asking you to fight side by side, right? 
But look over your shoulder because the guy next to you may very well be a neo-Nazi. If it doesn't make you sick to your stomach, then you, you are one of them, I guess. I, I don't know what else to say. You know, people like me, I, I don't know a single white supremacist. Don't. Never um, have I had more than a, a, a cursory conversation with a neo-Nazi, and that was only because of what I do for a living. So it was an interview or, uh, you know, they were chasing me or something. But, but really, like, I look around and I don't see any neo-Nazis in my community. I don't see any neo-Nazis at my church. I don't see any neo-Nazis at any of the organizations I belong to. Haven't noticed any neo-Nazis at the supermarket. No neo-Nazis that I'm aware of at, uh, you know, the big box stores. No, I didn't see any neo-Nazis at the post office when I went there yesterday, but apparently the world, and particularly the United States military, is full of white supremacists and neo-Nazis. The fact that I haven't seen them doesn't mean anything, right? That's purely anecdotal. Oh, my gosh. How are you supposed to even be positive in an environment like this? Anyway, uh, don't forget to download our app. I say that every day, but I say it for a reason. You know, we got all these contests going on. You could get a $50 Burger King gift card. You could start your day with that croissant, which uh, all you got to do is enter to win either on the 850 WFTL app or there are some contests, some of the generic contests. There are two ways you can win. You can either go on the app or you can go to the website, 850WFTL.com, and you get rewarded when you listen on that app. So why would you not listen on that app? You can hear my podcast. You can hear, you know, uh, Bill's Cool Dad Rules. You can hear the Unidentified Alien podcast, which is like soaring the charts everywhere, right on your app. So download it, would you? All right, let me take a quick break. I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. All right. Uh, you can't. You just can't. You can't. Half of these stories make me so nervous and so upset that I almost, you know, don't want to talk about them. I, 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 but it, you can't run away from the stories, right? You've got to cover the stories. I have to cover the controversial stories. And when people say to me, you know, why does it bother you so much that uh, you have all this uh, transgendered school sports and all that other stuff? And I'll tell you why. Because while they're busy making me worry about things that I shouldn't have to worry about, like white supremacists in, in the Marines, why wouldn't you be worried about having an 11-year-old daughter who gets a, goes on a school field trip, all right? And she has to sleep with an 11-year-old boy, a biological boy, when they get assigned to whatever, some hotel room somewhere on their cross-country school trip. Colorado parents Joe and Serena Wales sent their fifth-grade daughter, along with her classmates from Jefferson County Public Schools, on a trip to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Washington, D.C. 
Okay, so now here's these parents, and they're sending their kid on a trip to see the founding father, you know, the nation's capital, and uh, where it all started in Philadelphia. You know, this is a, a great, great opportunity, and they send their kid off there. And the Jefferson County School Board allows rooming accommodations to be held secret from parents like this couple who, by the way, uh, I don't blame them for objecting to their kid rooming with a student of the opposite sex. I don't care what the student thinks they are. You know, I, I don't care. You could think you're a duck, but if you're a little boy, you're a little boy. So here's this, you know, nobody on the trip apparently even knew that this kid was transgendered because he was in what they call stealth mode. So they, the, the school district has made a determination that they, they house children, they room students on a trip like this based on their gender identity, okay? Do they also get to choose, I don't know, what species they are? I, 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 this is so crazy to me. The, the policy cannot be that a little boy has to share a bedroom with a little girl. That's just crazy. And if you're going to do that, shouldn't you at least notify all the parents involved so that they can make an informed decision? Because if you told me, that Nixie, my granddaughter, Derek's daughter, who's seven now, going on eight, if they decide that they're going to take the class to Washington, D.C. in a year or two so that they can see the nation's capital, I would like them to tell Derek if Nixie is going to be rooming with a biological male. I don't think that's, uh, you know, such a big deal to ask. Now, if, the, if it doesn't bother Derek and his wife, Mary, then they'll say that's fine. I don't think that's what they're gonna say, but I don't know. But what, what is this? Why have we just abandoned common sense? There's no reason to ask a little girl to pretend that a little boy is another little girl. That's all, no reason. And Believe me, it's not just like the parents were upset about this. The little girl was upset about this because the little boy told her. Now, here they are in the bedroom or wherever, sharing a bathroom. And the little boy says, look, I better tell you something. You know, um, I know you know me as uh, Naomi, but I'm really Norman. That's just names I made up. And, uh, you know, I just want you to know, you know, in case you walk into the bathroom and you see me going to the bathroom standing up and you wonder, like, what is that? And the little girl was terrified. Terrified. Call, called her parents, who knew nothing about this, who happened to have gone on this trip, mind you, not as chaperones, but they thought, well, you know, this is a great trip and we'll go and we'll get to see the nation's capital and all that other stuff. 
And she gets a call from her daughter saying, my roommate is actually a boy, I'm scared. So she tells her daughter, come to the lobby. Because they were sharing a bed, not just a room. They were sharing a bed. And the mother was pretty upset that she was put in a situation like that, that the kid was put in a situation at 11 years old. Why would you do that to an 11-year-old girl? The whole time they were planning this trip, they were saying, all the girls will be on one floor and the boys will be on another. They're not going to be in each other's rooms unless it's pre-approved. So you're going through this whole process, not even recognizing that there is a possibility that your little girl could be rooming with someone who says they're a little girl and presents as a little girl, but is a little boy. How helpless do you make parents feel? Imagine if the parents, the mother at least was on the trip. Imagine a parent who's 2,000 miles away on the other side of the country when she gets that call from her daughter and the daughter is scared, sitting in a bathroom, trying to figure out how she's going to get herself out of this situation. And then, of course, uh, you know, they call up the, the boy's parents. He says, yes, our child is transgender. But he's in stealth mode. What is this? Now we have a language about this nonsense. The boy was relocated to a bunk with a different girl in another room. Throughout the entire evening, his privacy and feelings were always the primary concern of the staff. Now, mind you, they weren't concerned about the scared little girl's privacy and rights. They weren't uh, upset about the parents feeling like they were betrayed. They were worried that the little boy slash girl might have a hurt feeling. When with Two fourth grade children expected to make a trip? Do you think parents have a right to ask, is my child going to be booking, sharing a bed with someone who is biologically a female or not? God, how did we get here? You know, I just finished Facing the Beast, the book by Naomi Wolf. I'm going to have to have her on because... <laughs> Some of the parts of the book are just really hit home with me. It's like, how did we become so crazy that we don't even know what a girl or a boy is? That everybody who's in the military and may ever say anything out of rage is immediately going to be branded a, a neo-Nazi and, and anybody who's white in the military is going to have to go through some extensive uh, you know, uh, diversity training BS. How do we get to this point? And, and can we get out of it? Or like we on a, on a bobsled heading down a mountain at 100 miles an hour with no brakes and there's nothing but a tree line at the bottom. I don't want to crash into a tree, but that's where we're going. I mean, this is something I can't even imagine. Could anybody ever imagine this happening to them? I mean, I'm old, but even if you're in your 30s, can you imagine being on a school trip and finding out that your roommate is not Naomi, but Norman? Uh, how? How did this happen? 
How do we get back to just normal? Anyway, let me take a quick break. I'll be right back. So, you know, some people are just so obtuse. That's the only word I can use to describe Liz Cheney. I mean, she she actually had the audacity, this rhino, to say that she better run because she has to stop the Trump train. Th- this is a woman who lost her primary, her Republican primary for a congressional seat in Wyoming in a really safe seat, 40 points. She lost it by 40 points. But you know, the media loves her, especially the the far left, MSNBC and, and CNN. They love her because she's so good at hating Donald Trump, right? They love anybody who can hate Donald Trump out loud. And that's what she does. She's been making the rounds right now because she's got some memoir. Like, let me ask you a question. Is there, first and foremost, I could care less about, you know, finding out more about Liz Cheney. Not interesting at all. At least if she had written a book about her father, I might have some interest. But about her? You know, it's mind-boggling. So she gets on television, I don't know, one of those shows, Good Morning, Today, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't watch them, so I just see excerpts, and then I know it was the one that has Savannah Guthrie. And Liz Cheney says, oh, you know, Donald Trump has, has made it perfectly clear what he's going to do. He's not going to abide by the rulings of the court, and he'll appoint people to office whether or not they can be confirmed by the Senate. And he, he's going to use the military. It's un-American. You know, it's a very dangerous moment. Like, how long are you going to be banging that same gong? Yeah, in case you missed it, Liz Cheney, is on a tour right now warning that if Donald Trump does become president again, which he will, that he's going to try to be president forever. This guy's in his late 70s. So she's going to run for president just so she can stop Donald Trump. Well, trust me, they love her on CNN. They love her on ABC and CBS and NBC, and they love her on MSLSD because, uh, you know, she's perfect. Nobody hates him better. Nobody hates him better. And that, and she, you gotta be so deaf to the prevailing attitudes in this country. How do you not know that Donald Trump is going to get the nomination, not because Liz Cheney hates him, but because the American people don't. And they're really tired of that venomous hatred that comes out of people like Liz Cheney. One of the things that Naomi Wolf says in her book that I thought was really right on, and and it's something I think and I think I've said a few times, but she articulated it very well. She said this seething hatred for Donald Trump motivates people to say and do things that normal people would never say and do. And they get accepted. As long as you really, really hate them, 
everything else is forgiven. And she's right. And, and you know, she said, look, I, I don't know if I hate Donald Trump. This is what Naomi Wolf was saying in her book. I, I don't know. I do know that that's all I ever heard is that he's very hateable and people like me hate him. But really? What? What are they hating? Are they hating the the low taxes? or Are they hating a good economy? Are they hating a military that seemed to be strong? Are they hating a country that nobody wanted to poke in the chest? Are they hating a country that nobody wanted to start wars abroad because they didn't know what uh, this uh, Donald Trump guy might do? Is that what they hate? Or they just hate his hair? I mean, sometimes I look at, listen to them, and I just think to myself, how sad that you would spend that much energy hating somebody, even Republicans. Not the Liz Cheney kind of Republicans, but even good Republicans. They just get this seething hatred. Uh, no, no, we don't want him. We don't want him to be the face. No, no, he embarrasses us. Oh, those tweets, and oh, oh, he's so self-serving. And uh, Okay. Okay, then vote for Liz Cheney. I mean, I, I, the only people who might support Liz Cheney are Democrats, so, you know, go ahead, vote for Liz Cheney. Take the votes away from from the old, uh, you know, pathetic president that we have. It makes me just wonder what the world is thinking about us. Jim Jordan, by the way, it, you know, asked the Department of Justice representative if they're going to sue um, SpaceX, which is Elon Musk's company, because they hire too many Americans. <laughs> I love the sense of humor that some of these guys have. And then did anybody see that old fossil talking about fossil fuel? I'm talking about John Kerry. First and foremost, think about this for a second. Uh, John Kerry, the climate czar, flew to the summit on an airplane, private plane, and Kamala Harris, the vice president, also flew to the COP23 summit on another plane. So these advocates for reducing fossil fuel consumption couldn't come, come out there on one plane? You know, they, they, they couldn't share the ride? get an Uber plane or something? No, no, they each had to have their own plane. You can't make this stuff up. And then they want me to take them seriously when they tell me that, oh, you know, we, we can't have uh, fossil fuels. got to be eliminated by 2030. Well, what are they going to do if we eliminate fossil fuel? I, I haven't heard about electric planes yet. <laughs> have you? Would you get in one? I won't even get into, uh, you know, a driverless electric vehicle. I assure you I'm not going to be getting into a, a driverless or an electric uh, helicopter or airplane anytime soon. Just saying. They couldn't even share a plane, these people. They're such phonies. They're such hypocrites. You know, it's like the FBI director, Christopher Wray. Mike Lee, the senator, was asking him something in uh, in a hearing yesterday. I saw the clip, and he wouldn't answer any questions. You know, he did not answer any questions. We're talking about a senator, uh, you know, a Senate inquiry, a Senate committee hearing, 
and the director of the FBI won't answer questions about surveillance. Mike Lee was great. He finally, after being frustrated, a couple of questions that didn't get answered, he said, I have absolutely no reason to trust you. And that's what's going on. That's why Liz Cheney is deaf, tone deaf to what the American people are thinking. We look at this stuff and we just, we roll our eyes. There was another hearing in the, in the, in the house and this witness was calling for more immigration. I don't even know who this witness was. I, I was trying to look it up. I'm sure that if I had spent a little more time taking this seriously, but it was so laughable that I just, uh, I probably didn't do uh, my homework on this one. But this, um, it was a, a witness that was invited by the Democrats who was supporting more immigration, right? Oh, I know it was. She was the director um, of the uh, New York Immigration Coalition calling for more immigrants. And so the uh, Alabama representative, Dale Strong, was questioning them and finally said, okay, you think we need more immigrants. Where would you like them to be sent? If we need more immigrants, where would you like them to be sent? He said, I spent some time in New York in the last couple of months. I was there last weekend, and I met with hundreds of people from New York, and I didn't have one person say to me, please send us more illegal aliens. <laughs> I want to know. If you want more illegal aliens, where do you want them, and how many do you want? Now, this is a New York immigration person. Even Mayor Adams announced in November that he doesn't know what he's going to do. He has to cut the budget in schools. He has to cut the police budget because of the migrant surge. But she wants more, more immigrants. And then, you know, their response is always the same. Oh, this is the kind of rhetoric we've been hearing. Oh, oh, you know, people leaving the state of New York because of COVID-19, so we need a stronger workforce. And he said, this uh, Representative Strong said, well, how many? How many do you want? Where do you want them? You know, we'll, we'll send them right now. I know some states. Did you look at those people pouring through the border in Arizona, through these holes in the fence? There's actually a fence there, and there's tens of thousands of them pouring through these holes in the fence in Arizona. Yeah, we could take them right to New York. If one of them actually was interviewed by Fox, a reporter, and said, I'm going to New York, a guy from Morocco. You know, just in case you thought, you know, these were people who wanted to uh, mow your lawn. I don't think this guy from Morocco wants lawn work. Just saying. He wants to go to New York. Okay. According to this woman, they need him in New York. Send him directly. Okay. All right, I got to take a break. And don't forget, coming up after me, Eric Erickson, followed by Joe Paggs and Lars Larson, the Red Eye Radio. And then tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., Jen and Bill will be back with the South Florida Morning Show, followed by Brian Kilmeade and Dan Bongino. And then at 3 o'clock tomorrow, you know what to expect. I still have one segment left today, so stay right where you are. So uh, don't let your kids go on school field trips with un identified, uh, you know, gender, other gendered people. That's all I can tell you. It's amazing to me that, that we have to have a conversation like this, truly. Um, 
lot of news in the last 24 hours about whether or not George Soros is like on his last legs. I mean, the guy's very old. Eventually, you know, that's uh, that's what's going to happen. So there's a story that's out there right now that I, I, I'm really, I'm struggling with how to cover this story because I know that Florida politicians are, you know, very interesting. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. And there's a lot going on right now with the Republican Party here in Florida and certainly with, I, I don't know, you know, I, I know there's a story that's circulating about, a, you know, some sexual charges and I have been trying to do as much research as I can and I have come to the stage in my life where I actually don't believe much that I read um, in the mainstream media. And then I can't really believe everything I read in the conservative media because if, if you're just going to defend people without knowing the facts, then you're, no, you're not doing any favors to people like me. So I'm still waiting. I know I've gotten a lot of emails from people saying, oh, are you going to do this? Are you going to talk about it? Gonna... Yeah, I am. I just, uh, I, I need to know more before I do it. This is uh, regarding Christian Ziegler. And, uh, you know, it's a sexual assault allegation against the chairman of the uh, Florida Republican Party. And... Uh, you know, I, I looked at, at the charges. I actually looked at the um, the allegations, the formal allegations. And, he you know, this guy's denying that he did any of this stuff. A woman says that uh, he assaulted her in her apartment in October. She filed this in a Florida court. And uh, if this is true... Well, then we're going to cover the story. But I, I just, you know, an affidavit and a written declaration. I know Hillary Clinton says we all have to be, we have to believe anything that a woman says. And for the most part, I do. It's interesting that all these same people don't seem particularly outraged by the rapes of Jewish women on October 7th. Uh, although I will say Hillary Clinton did make a very good speech at the United Nations virtually about that. Where she said, like, what are we mitigating you know, sexual violence against women in the war, in any war. That has to be confronted, and it's bad. You know, don't defend it. Like, I know Representative from Washington, Jayapal, can't seem to, you know, get a straight answer to whether or not raping those Jewish women was uh, really above and beyond any act of war that we're going to tolerate. But, hey, listen, it was a Jewish woman, so apparently that's okay. Anyway, I thank you for your time this time until next time. My plan is to be back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock, if it be his will, and he delays his coming. Remember what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. 
And then, of course, as I always say, may God bless you. May God bless Israel. May God bless the United States of America. See you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.